Hi, I'm James Kotecki. You're listening to the C-Space Studio Podcast. Interviews with technology, media, and marketing leaders from CES 2020. Hi, I'm James Kotecki. You're here with me in the C-Space studio at CES 2020. And here with us is Adam Singolda, founder and CEO of Tabula. Thanks Thank for you having so much. me. Thanks for being here. So you founded Tabula in 2007, mm-hmm. I believe. So what was the company then, and how do you define the company now? I mean, the mission and the purpose of the company remained the same. I actually couldn't find anything to watch on television. And I thought that I should not be looking for TV shows, and TV shows should be looking for me. So the goal was you know, to build sort of a category we call discovery, almost a search engine, but in reverse. You, know, you go to search mm-hmm. engines if you know exactly what you want to read next, buy, um, you know, and find. Mm-hmm. And Tabula was sort of exactly the opposite of introducing information that you may like, but never knew existed. And so this is now a concept that we're all familiar with in places like Netflix, for example, where they're suggesting shows for me to watch. Right. This is the idea. But in 2007, I imagine it was relatively uh, novel. People hadn't necessarily heard of this before. It was, you know, it was completely new. And then over time, what happened was Amazon did an amazing service for Amazon. Mm-hmm. Netflix launched the Netflix Prize when they had, you know, recommendation competition for people that can improve the rating. And then Tabula's purpose was actually about empowering everybody else with a good recommendation service. So if you go to CNBC to watch Squawk Box, yeah. it will tell you more from Squawk Box you may like, powered by Tabula. Yeah. As well as introducing promoted recommendations from all around the internet. So it might be a service you like or a piece of content from another site. And then usually you will see Tabula at the bottom of almost every article on the internet, yes. uh, on the homepage, on sites from the Independent in the UK, Sun K in Japan, uh, CNBC in the US. So it's both things I'm reading as in articles and then things I'm watching at the end of kind of right. videos as well. So, and, the, and as you mentioned, the idea is that you're suggesting maybe three or four things that I, or you organically are suggesting to me, and then marketers can come and play and be one of the suggested options. Right, because what happens is that there's, it's actually a very special moment in time. When you finish reading or when you finish watching, you're in that moment, we call it moment of next, when you're about mm-hmm. to do something, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're predisposed to discover something new, something delightful. And we've all had this moment when you went to the gym and you discovered this song, and now you love that song all the time. Sure. Right? So that moment, what we saw is that you might want to stay on the website you're on to consume more of that website, but it's also a great opportunity for businesses to be introduced into you, into that moment in a relevant way, in an invitation mode type, type of way. It's mm-hmm. not sort of like a pre-roll when I have to wait for the ad to end. Sure. It's more about in the feed. So you read an article and there's a feed that never ends that every fifth or tenth card might be promoted by a brand. And how do consumers react to this, especially the fact that there's some advertising in there? At this point in 2020, are they all pretty much used to the fact that some of those are going to be promoted choices? I mean, look, I always say that if you ask me if I would want Instagram with ads or without ads, I would choose with ads. And I think this is a good example for, for a company that created an experience that ads are just improving the overall product. Mm-hmm. And I want to think Tabula is doing similar things. You know, when you go to a website, the content of that website might be exactly what you want, but the universe is even greater. Right? So if I can discover uh, Mavic Pro by DJI as I consume an article on CNET, that is great for me as a consumer. So I think people like to scroll. It's a good you know, experience for consumers. And they want relevance. They want something yeah. that can be you know, insightful. And also, you only have 24 hours a day. Right? So if I have a minute of your time and I can make it better, then users love it. So it's more about just is it relevant for me and is the experience great and that's something that we care a lot about. So do you see a distinction between 
advertising and content, or is that blurry? And, and, and is that even the right way to ask the question? I, you know, I always say that I don't like this, this, the fact that people even, you know, ask that question because if mm. someone paid for it, it's an ad. I don't care if this is a story mm. that's being promoted on Facebook, on Tabula, on, on Instagram. I don't care if it's a product. I think the disclosure and the expectation standing between consumers need to be that if this is something someone paid for, it's an ad. It doesn't matter what's the format of that ad. And it's true that over the past 10 years with content marketing and social networks and companies like Tabula, the notion of advertisers moving from buy, 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 do this now to more of a storytelling type of format has grown because it works. Storytelling is a great way for marketers to be part of your life. But I don't think we should make a distinction whether this is ad or not. It's whether someone paid for it or not. Talking to Adam Singola of Taboola. Uh, is uh, AI, well, let me actually ask the question a different way. I know AI is a huge part of what you're doing because recommendation engines are one of the classic examples of what you can use AI and machine learning to do. Starting from 2007 and going to 2020, I mean, what a massive shift in, in, in ability to do things, massive shifts in the amount of data that's available. What's your, I mean, I don't even, even know where to start with this question, really, but what's your take on AI? What, AI? Where are we today? What kinds of things can you do in 2020 that might surprise people? I mean, so there's a bunch of ways to answer that question. One, I think, as a complete revolution in the sense that deep learning and investing in that can really help um, to make you know, the world more personalized and more relevant for consumers. So there's a lot of goodness in this. Mm-hmm. I don't think AI replaces people. I think it's more of a way to combine machine and men in a sense that they can work together to create better things. Tabula is now, we're very proud of that. We're the second largest deep learning shop in Israel, our most desirable place for engineers to work for. And it means that we can invest in our product and make it more relevant. And I think, you know, AI can win someone in a poker game, mm-hmm. but it will never create the game, mm-hmm. right? So when you think about creativity and evolution of new things that might exist tomorrow but don't exist today, this is not for AI. This is for creative people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think that AI can give us suggestions and ideas and give us feedback loop of data. But this is sort of like where I see this is going. Do you see AI as part of the creative process for actually making the ad or the content itself? I think it's more about suggesting things that I should use. Mm-hmm. Uh, allow me to do A-B testing of different things. I'll give you an example. We, you know, we have advertisers and publishers that through Tabula and A-B testing and AI learn things about their own business that were completely counter intuitive to them. Okay. Right, so we had a wine advertiser, someone that wanted people to buy wine. That to begin with, they said, we'd like to target people that read about wine. And what they found is that actually their most passionate audience and clients are people that read about running Hmm. and PlayStation. Right, so had nothing to do with what they thought they should target to begin with, which which just makes you think about the whole notion of segmentation and targeting and how we should be more open-minded to data feeding us with what truly matters to our business. We had another situation of a newspaper that has been around for 40 years, and we were able to tell them that people that read things on their website, when they leave their site, they're reading about family and kids. Okay. And the chief editor said, Adam, with all due respect, we know our business. I don't think people that come to read our newspaper like family and kids topics. And they launched a new section on their site about you know, family and kids, mm-hmm. and thanks to that, they found growth. So this is where I see the combination of humanity and AI driving growth versus one replacing another. Another major emergent theme, and it has been for the last several years, is voice and voice interfaces. Taboola sounds to me like a very visual interface where I'm going on screens and looking at different things I can select. Does voice play into your strategy? Does it, does it keep you up at night? Are you doing something with that? 
Um, so we launched a business called Taboola News, which is essentially taking our publisher partnerships that we have in 50 markets around the world into sort of the physical world. So we're now partnering with OEM, companies that sell devices, phone, mm. PCs. So we're starting with physical devices, airports. If you go to Newark mm -hmm. and you buy a burger and a drink, you have this iPad over there that you can yeah. buy things. There's a button called News. That's Taboola feed that brings news into airports. Wow. So we do invest in the physical world and try to bring news as a service outside of the open web. We're yet to investing in voice. I think it's relatively still early, uh, so we're monitoring that. But I think for now it's more about... Um, growing that category and less about monetizing or things mm -hmm. like that. So we're, mm -hmm. we're looking into it, but not, not as a high priority just yet. And is 5G a major part of uh, where your thought process is going as we look at 5G, the ability to provide you know, just more streaming content, more and more data into people's homes and lives? Yeah, I mean, in a sense that, first of all, you know, faster internet proves to be better for consumers, better for journalism. So faster is better from an incremental standpoint. To me, what's exciting is the unknown, right? So, you know, when the fast internet... Uh, and broadband came for the first time, Spotify was born, uh, YouTube, mm -hmm. YouTube was born, right? Yeah. So things that we did not imagine back then that today are obvious for you to stream music in your device. So yeah. to me, it's about, you know, will we see new augmented reality formats? Will we see robotics evolving in a new way? Uh, autonomous cars, autonomous drones. So I think more about new things that have yet to be invented. Does your own technology surprise you with the things that it recommends to you personally? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm always surprised. I got reintroduced to Lego recently as I read something on Tabula uh, mm. about Lego, and now I'm, over the past few months, I've been obsessed about Lego. And Go deep I, in the Lego rabbit hole. There. I'm, I'm yeah. in it to win it, and I thank Tabula for getting me to read an article about uh, Lego. So, I mean, you know, it, it's those moments that I feel blessed to be part of this um, thing called Tabula. All right. Thanks so, I really me. appreciate you being here, Adam Singolda, founder and CEO of Tabula. Thank you so much. Thanks. This podcast is in partnership with the iHeart Podcast Network.